Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Christian Ultra Podcast. So, back in 2019, I was on the Appalachian Trail. I was waiting uh, for someone to come and meet me at somewhere called Lower Gap. And a hiker came by me and um, I was telling him how I was waiting for my crew because I was, I was on a, a recce supported um, fastest known time attempt. And this guy said, yeah, have you tried this app, Guthook? I was like, no, what the heck is that? What the heck is Guthook? And yeah, so um, I made a note of it. When I, when I eventually got some internet, I uh, checked the app out and turns out this is the most well, um, the most popular app on the Appalachian Trail. And uh, it, it's, it's the number one way hikers use to navigate the trail. Uh, well, actually, number one is the white blazers. Okay, there's a white blaze painted on the tree. But um, yeah, this kind of overtakes paper maps, takes away the bulk, bulk and so on. So I wanted to find out more about Gut Hook and um, its creators. And it turns out that there's a team of three of them. You've got Ryan Lynn, Alice Bodner, and also Paul Bodner. And Paul and Ryan are friends who hiked the PCT Pacific Crest Trail together. And they actually came up with the idea for this app. So I've got Ryan Lynn on the show and we talk all about how the app was created and where it is today and everything else in between. So please enjoy my conversation with Ryan Lynn, aka Guthook, because that is his trail name. Ryan, welcome to the Christian Ultra Podcast. Hey, good to be here. Nice to meet you. Yeah, um, yeah. I just want to dive straight in and um, and and get you to kind of give an outline of um, what uh, Atlas Guides is and what Gut Hooks is for people out there who don't know, who haven't hiked um, any trails. Right on. Yeah. So uh, Atlas Guides is uh, myself. And my two partners, Paul and Alice Bodnar, and then we have, let's see, four employees who are helping us out uh, a lot. Couldn't do it without all of us. Um, but so we make a, an app called Gut Hook Guides uh, for iPhone and Android. Um, and the the app is essentially we're we're like all hikers. Um, and we started this out as long distance hikers on the Pacific Crest Trail. And the app is essentially all the things that we wanted in a guidebook and map set distilled into an app and, and you know, with the GPS functionality and the, um, you know, some social features and some like, uh, you know, other, the features that you would expect on, on a, you know, smart device. Uh, applied to the guidebook thing. And so, yeah, we started out with just a guide to the Pacific Crest Trail. I'm mm. um, thinking that's all that anybody would be interested in. And then, you know, it's been almost nine years since we started this. Um, and we've branched out to long distance trails all over the world. Um, we're, I think we've got four continents covered to some extent. Um, and trails ranging in length from like 10 miles to 3000 miles, uh, and a few also trail systems that are not like a, a set 
single trail, but like a whole network of them that you can kind of choose your own adventure on. Um, and yeah, so we've been, you know, we went from just being a bunch of long distance hikers ourselves to trying to figure out what we could do to help other people without, you know, with, with our skill set and learning as we go along. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a good, um, outline the first time I heard of, um, so I, I put a, an S on and I call, I've been calling it gut hooks. <laughs> is it just well, like gut hook? You know, this is, this has been kind of a, <laughs> a thing for all, all the years that we've been doing this. So my trail name, which I started with in 2007. So when I hiked the Appalachian trail, uh, my trail name is gut hook and when we created the app at first, uh, we figured, because I had a blog at the time, and so, you know, had a small following, but we figured we'll give the, the app the name. It'll be Gut Hook's Guide to the Pacific Crest Trail. Yeah. And that's what we called it. And then when we started adding other trails, we just call it Gut Hook's Guide to this. Um, you know, Gut Hook apostrophe S. Uh, yeah. And hikers just started calling it gut hooks. Uh, and then they lost the apostrophe at some point. I don't know if that was intentional by anybody. Um, and, and we eventually were like, you know, occasionally we get questions like, what exactly is the name anyway? And I'm like, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the official name that we've, we've settled with as of a couple of years ago is just gut hook guides um (laughs) and but you know we'll we'll still answer to whatever people call it (laughs) yeah no i like that because it sounds like it found organically found its own name you know you you kind of listen to the people (laughs) who are using it and got the feedback and gut hook gut hook guide you know yeah i mean so it's, I, I often don't even call it anything except my app because it's really weird to refer to yourself in the third person. Um, cause yeah. yeah, I don't really introduce myself as that anymore. Yeah. Like I'm just Ryan. Um, yeah. but you know, my best friends that I met on all of these trails over basically over the course of like four or five years, you know, even though we're, we've been friends for like 14 years now, like my best friends are still like, we refer to each other as our trail names, even though we've, you know, not hiked on a long distance trail together in all that time. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, yeah, I mean, a friend of mine I was just talking with this morning uh, was one of my buddies from the 2007 Appalachian trail hike. Yeah. I mean, he still, he still calls me gut hook. I still call him cough drop. Like, yeah. We, we've known each other's proper names for forever. We hang out with each other's parents, you know? <laughs> I, I guess it's just one of those things where, um, you know, I, I would really love to be a fly on the wall when you're out on the trail and, <laughs> you know, and, and you're just, yeah, I'm Ryan. And then someone calls you gut hook and you just blow the hiker's mind. Like what? Oh, <laughs> that has definitely happened. And it is really, really funny. Um, I will, can you tell a story or what, what couple of stories or, or at least one of when occasion when that happened? I w- I'd love to hear that. Oh yeah. Okay, well, okay. So like I, I do very, I'm very like 
uh, selective about how I introduce myself on the trail. Like if there is a good reason to introduce myself as gut hook, I'll do that. And it tends to be pretty amusing. Um, but one of the best ones was actually, it was several years ago, but I was actually going for a week long hike on the Pacific crest trail with a bunch of my friends that I had met on the Appalachian trail. This was just like end of summer vacation for the bunch of us. And, um, you know, it was in Washington on the Pacific Crest Trail. So all the northbound through hikers were passing by and my friends and I were, you know, we made a campsite, we were hiking south. So we made a campsite and this guy who was a through hiker walks up and he says, um, hey, did you guys notice if there are any good campsites up ahead? And we're like, eh, nothing really great, but like, this spot's really awesome and there's extra space if you want. So he's like, Oh, cool. And so he sets up camp and then he starts like talking to us about how like he's this hardcore through hiker and he's like, Oh, through hiking, uh, you know, you guys wouldn't understand cause you're section hikers yeah. and, and we're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and one of most of us are kind of just like, yeah, whatever. But one of my friends is a very outgoing person. And she was like, after a while of this, she's finally like, well, actually, um, you know, I've hiked the Appalachian Trail and Pacific Crest Trail, and he's hiked the Appalachian Trail and Pacific Crest Trail, and she just finished hiking the Continental Divide Trail, and he just finished like his second through hike of the Appalachian Trail, and like, and he goes, oh, and he goes, oh, well, what are your trail names? And she goes, well, I'm Dinosaur, that's Flying Squirrel, that's Gut Hook, that's Cough Drop, and, and like, you could see his his eyes just like, he just like stopped paying attention, and he goes like as soon as she says gut hook and goes oh like the gut hook <laughs> it's like oh geez uh and so from that point on he basically ignored all of my friends and was just like hey what what about this what's this like what's it like with this in your app and we're like and i'm like oh geez <laughs> so then for the rest of the that trip all of my friends were calling me the gut hook and i'm like oh stop it <laughs> uh, but it was it was pretty funny just to witness that um yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. I got a, a similar story. My cousin, I recently just set the record on Britain's longest national trail, the Southwest Coast Path. Mm-hmm. My cousin, he's kind of, you know, proud of my achievement and he's at work and there's this guy at his work. He's a real hard guy and he's saying he's going to go and run some sections of the Southwest Coast Path. And, uh, and, and my, my cousin was saying oh yeah it's really brutal path isn't it it's really tough yeah yeah go and check out the name christian morgan so he, he googles it it's like oh yeah this guy's got that fk too who, who is that he's like yeah, that's my cousin man don't worry. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so he's like oh okay so yeah sometimes it, it's kind of funny you know in the case that you can yeah not that i think uh, my fkt is anything compared to gut hooks you know what i'm saying <laughs> well you know everybody everybody has their fun thing to me it's like whatever whatever you want to do on it on the trail that like makes you happy as long as it's nothing that like negatively affects other people it's like what you're what excites you and what gets you out there and i think that's yeah that's the important part and i want to ask your opinion on trail names while we're on the subject because (laughs) um what are the rules should there be rules? Um, what's your opinion on it? Nah. <laughs> I think anybody who says that there's rules uh, is 
Well, usually they're like an older dude who hiked the AT long ago and really wants other people to do it exactly the way he did it and wants everybody to listen to him. And I say him specifically because it generally is like old dudes who through hiked a while ago and they want everybody to do it like their way. And then they'll say hike your own hike when they mean hike my own hike. I'm <laughs> sure you've heard that before. Anyway, no, it's whatever, whatever fits. Um, whatever fits with how you do it. Yeah. Uh, and and how did you get your, um, and I, I know already, cause I've listened to you on other podcasts, <laughs> but for the listeners, okay. how did let's you get your my, Let's see if my uh, story matches up with the previous ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so I got it when I was in college. Um, so a couple, several years before I did the Appalachian Trail, but it was uh, the college, my college outing club was on a, you know, like a spring break trip, doing a bunch of hiking in, you know, a bunch of like day hikes, but like we stopped at an outdoor gear store and one of the, I was a freshman at the time and one of the upperclassmen was like, took me and one of the other freshmen aside at this outdoor store. And he's like, we got to find you some like good, his idea was pro wrestling names. So like, you know, Hulk Hogan was already taken and, you know, the undertaker or whatever, but <laughs> uh, he's like found some things in the hunting and fishing section. He's like, I think you guys are going to be gut hook and bone saw. Um, so that somehow stuck with us. And <laughs> uh, bone saw is a high school Latin teacher with two kids and uh, also still a good buddy of mine, but he has, he doesn't do through hiking, but he's, he's now into running a lot. So <laughs> yeah. it, uh, it yeah, works out. And and what age were you said freshman? But I mean, in um, in, in the UK, we got different terminologies. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we were nineteen. Okay. And did that act as like a nickname for you guys um, outside of hiking and stuff, or not? Uh, well, at least in that like college, uh, you know, university, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, like outdoors club. That was our nickname among among like a small group of the people there that were on that particular trip, basically. But we just kept it going. And yeah. when I when I did the Appalachian Trail, I was like, well, this really fits and it's unique. That was one of the things that I was a lot of people will get trail names that are maybe not as unique, but as long as it fits them, it's good. But, you know, I didn't want anybody to mistake me for anybody else. And that was that's always the thing on, I honestly don't know quite how into it people are nowadays compared to when I did, cause I'm not out there um, all the time. But, you know, when we were, when we all met on our first day on Springer Mountain and we're introducing ourselves as our trail names, it's like, you don't actually know anybody's real name for a while. And it kind of, it, it was, like the trail name became our identity. That's what everybody calls us. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it was like, that's what I answered to only, it's all I answered to for like a couple months before we started being like, well, you know, we should probably get each other's real names so we can contact each other afterwards. <laughs> so good. I'd like to ask you about the Appalachian trail. And, um, so that was, um, what year was that? The AT 2007. Yeah, 2007. Um, yeah, it seems like a lifetime ago at this point. Like, uh, 
And I was, I was a very different person then too. Um, just young and not very experienced. <laughs> yeah. And, and so do you feel, um, do you feel that the Appalachian Trail helped uh, with your evolution into maturity and into the world that, well, you, you are in today? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to like, hard to say it made me more mature because it did make me less mature in a lot of ways too. But it definitely was, I mean, it was a very, uh, of, of all of the things that I did in the, several years after I graduated from college. Um, it, it had by far the biggest impact on me just mentally and my like growth as a human being. Um, and I think, I think that's, I feel like that's a pretty common thing for people uh, who do that, like at a formative time in their lives. Um, why, is know, that, was, why, why does it impact people so much? Um, I guess, well, <laughs> what's probably your like, what? What's your take on it? What, why yeah. do you feel it had such an impact? Well, for me specifically, but like, I think it was pretty, a lot of people seemed to do these kinds of things at like turning points in their lives anyway. So there were a lot of the people that I met at the time we're like recently out of college. Uh, there was like a big group of people that were recently out of college. There was another group of people that were like recently retired. Um, you know, some who were like recently divorced or stuff like, so they, a lot of people would do this as kind of like a, a reset on their lives. Uh, you know, and it, and it's like, what a wonderful reset too. Cause it's like, takes you out of, this life that that you've become so accustomed to and puts you in this situation where like there's not really anything else like it especially your first time going through a, a long long distance hike um i mean yeah for and because it was the first time like my subsequent through hikes i didn't have as strong an emotional reaction to them um but they also had like different impacts, but yeah. So like, you know, the, the Appalachian trail for me was like, you know, I was seeing a totally different side of the world, essentially, not like, not that it was that far distant from where I had been before physically, but just mentally, just totally different kinds of people, um, totally different experience, you know, in this idea that like, it's it's not really like a totally new thing for the world but like this experience that i was having like oh my god it's not all about like you know what am i gonna do to make money next what am i gonna do to like um you know follow the the standard path of humanity uh in the modern world uh it's just kind of eye-opening for i think for a lot of people and i think that's a lot of what gets people out there nowadays too Oh, yeah among other like yeah. reasons yeah. Uh, everybody has their own thing but it's it's really nice to just like at, at the very base of it like to be out in nature to be in this like this physical physical activity that we just don't as modern humans have uh 
you know would you say it's like um a pilgrimage in a way a, a pilgrimage to um, <laughs> almost explore um i don't know our minds and our bodies humanity in a way and relation yeah i definitely a lot of people i know call it that um and it's actually one of my good friends that I met in 2007 had learned about the Appalachian Trail while she was doing the, you know, the pilgrimage on the Camino de Santiago. Yeah. Um, and of course, like, you know, that one's more explicitly like, you know, Christianity, Christian based pilgrimage. But like, yeah, yeah I think a lot of people have that um, feeling of it, even if it's not a religious based thing, but kind of like a self self realizing and self fulfilling. Well, not self fulfilling. That's the wrong word. Fulfilling fulfilling of their selves, you know, <laughs> in the uh, it's just like a really being high on endorphins for months at a time. And essentially not having like major responsibilities to, to anybody but yourself really like just puts your mind in a place where it really uh gives you a lot of a lot of time to kind of discover your true self yeah and maybe maybe discover your true self but at least make progress along that path that that maybe you wouldn't make otherwise I want to ask you about the um, your so the other the, the co-founders are they um, are they a couple um, Bodner <laughs> they have the same surname yeah yeah so they they've been married for two oh god I I shouldn't guess I they just had their anniversary and I think it was like twenty twentieth hmm. so <laughs> um so. Paul and Alice, if you're listening to this and I got it wrong, you're gonna, I give you permission to whack me upside the head. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I met them. Um, Paul was hiking the Pacific Crest Trail in 2010, which is the year that I did it. Yeah. And that was actually his second time hiking through because he had actually hiked it in 1997. Uh, and I, I ended up meeting him somewhere in the middle of the trail and then we, um, you know, as you do kind of like bounce around and see each other from time to time, but we actually hiked together for the last 500 miles. Hmm. Um, and then at the end I met Alice, his wife, when she picked him up at the end. Um, but then they actually <laughs> hiked the PCT again in 2012 together. It was her first time, his third time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It was, uh, I think it was more her idea at that point. He was like, let's, they were, they were like making some life changes, like in careers and everything. And he was like, let's go do anything you want to do. And he was, I think, thinking like, let's go, you know, on a cruise or let's go to Europe for a holidays. And she's like, I want to hike the Pacific Crest Trail. <laughs> he was like, oh, um, but yeah, so they, I mean, I, Paul and I started the making the app um, in 2011 together. Um, and Alice actually joined after their through hike together in 2012. Um, she was, she had been working elsewhere and then 
after their hike, or maybe it was right before their hike, but around then she was like, I want to join you guys. And like, we can turn this into something really cool. Um, and it, and it was basically once she joined the two of us that it, we turned it into like a proper, uh, business and like, we're able to do more than just like kind of a hobby. Yeah. What, what was, um, what was it that struck out, um, about, um, Paul, uh, on the Pacific crest trail that you warmed to, you know, what, what are some of his qualities that, um, appeal to you as, um, a, a friend and well, I suppose you didn't know at the time, but potential <laughs> partner. Yeah. There was no idea at the time, like no idea whatsoever. I think we probably hit it off pretty well because he and I are both like, uh, I would say pretty like nerdy about like attention to detail and like ideas of things. And I, I like remember some of our earliest conversations were about like what makes a good guidebook and how like there were so many guidebooks for the Pacific Crest Trail at the time. And we were both like, kind of ranting about like, well, this one's really stupid because it's doing this this way. And like, what the heck were they thinking? Why, why'd they do it this way? Um, I now realize that that was, um, you know, maybe we could have been a little better at that. Cause we now get that from people like, why were you doing it this way? What are you thinking? And we're like, I don't know. We're doing the best we can. Um, but he and I just had all these ideas of like, uh, you know, we didn't, think of it, he was actually writing a data book style guidebook for the PCT at the time already. Um, but we just had these discussions about like, why, why do it this way? Or like, wouldn't it make more sense to do it this way? Or wouldn't it be cool if there was another book out there for this other trail that does it like this? Um, and we were just very into the weeds about, you know, what we liked about something. And I think He's, he is by training an engineer and I, I don't know what I would say I am by training, but we, we learned the app, app making stuff kind of on, as we went, neither of us had a background in that, but both of us basically had a background in like, um, being very nitpicky, very, um, (laughs) very, very like, specific in our tastes for like whatever we got into and very just detail oriented so it kind of just worked its way up there by you know naturally (laughs) how do you guys um cope with i suppose disagreement or ideas in opposite direction how do you um come to a solution of uh common ground Hmm. That's a really good question. Uh, and something that we've like struggled with over the years too. Like it's, uh, cause we all have pretty different ideas. Um, and yeah, it's something we've, we've had difficulty with and that we've always been working on. It's kind of like, uh, we've, we've definitely like had several disagreements about where things should go, um, how we should do things. Uh, I think starting from the place of like knowing that we're, we're starting from like being friends originally 
and knowing that we're all trying to make the best out of anything that we do. Um, and a lot of times it's, you know, usually, luckily it's like relatively minor things that we can disagree on and that that's usually fine. And for, for larger things, uh, might, might take some time, but we are kind of dedicated to like hashing it out, kind of like working together, uh, working on like how we communicate with each other and how we like express ourselves is always, has been kind of a interesting thing, especially since, um, I am the most distant of the remote workers at this point. We we have like a central office in Colorado, but I've I've always worked from my my home in Maine. Um, but yeah, the like <laughs> having having like good communication styles and and like the ability to kind of disconnect our own egos from our ideas uh and kind of be objective about them to to talk them over and and eventually collaboratively come with come up with like where we want to go as a team it's kind of the <laughs> it's it's the eternal like uh difficulty or not difficulty exactly but like it's the challenge with any relationship and our, our relationship in business is, is a type of relationship that, you know, we're dedicated to, to making the best because it's, it is very rewarding to all of us. We love, love all of the stuff that we do. And then it also helps that we have like several like good friends who advise us in our business and can help us kind of like, if we ever have disagreements that are like uh, harder for us to kind of step back from and, and talk about, you know, less passionately, we can at least bring in our good friends to help us with that. And that's been really helpful. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and and um, <clears throat> so you started off friends and now you've got this, um, th this business Atlas guides and I suppose there has to be a balance is there still a balance of friendship and business partners do you still take time to drink some beers and hike a trail or just I don't know do what you used to do yeah it's been <laughs> it's been a quite a while since we've gone hiking together um and uh well the pandemic has thrown some of this into a bit of a unfortunate uh you know time off but right right when it started we were getting into the habit of of me coming out and visiting them um you know every couple of months uh and that you know for a few years before the pandemic hit i was coming out to visit them once a year and then we bumped it up to twice a year um and we always had a really good time together with all these things like Fine, you know, seeing each other. We actually went almost five years, I think, between um, when we saw each other at the, we parted ways at the end of the Pacific Crest Trail in 2010. And when we next saw each other in person, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. just how things worked out. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so we've, <laughs> 
just like uh, so many people in this past year, we've kind of had to find ways to just hang out together in slightly less like work oriented life. So there's been a lot of Zoom. Um, yeah, I suppose and, this year doesn't count almost, you know, it's completely. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. This year has been totally bizarre in like every which way. Um, but yeah, I, it was it was really funny that like, you know, funny in a weird way, but that like literally I was flying home from Colorado um, at the beginning of March from visiting them with with the plan that we were going to like have every three months that I would come out and hang out with them, maybe even like every couple of months, you know, for a, like a weekend or something. And we would just get a lot of work done and then just have some like hangout time together. <laughs> I was on my way home in March when like the news starts coming in that like, Oh, you know, there's a lot of cases in the U S now. And I'm like, Hmm, well, I hope that doesn't pick up. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. irony, you know? What, yeah. Ryan, what keeps you in Maine? What, what is it? Oh, I've, what keeps you I've in? lived here all my life, more or less. Uh, I lived, I lived in New Hampshire and Vermont for a couple of years, um, after college, but, um, other, so basically I'm 36 now. I so spent all but three years of my life living in Maine. Um, and I, I have really strong ties to my family here. Um, and I just love everything about the state. It has, it's, there's a, that was actually cemented quite a bit um, when I hiked the Appalachian Trail because there's, that was kind of one of those personal growth things where I realized as I was walking back into Maine, just how much I like love so much about, um, about the state. Um, it's, it's landscape. It's kind of like crazy climate. Um, you know, we have like a foot and a half of snow on the ground here right now, and it's going to start raining and be warm in a couple days, but then who knows what'll happen next. There'll certainly be lots of ice and, uh, dreariness, but, uh, I just love every minute of it. Um, and, and especially once I start exploring outdoors here, um, like I just went on my first proper bike packing trip nice. up, up near Moosehead Lake, um, which is um, more or less like I'd say 60 miles west of Baxter State Park where the Appalachian Trail ends. Uh, and I just, I felt like I got to see so many just wonderful, amazing things. Uh, and this summer, like with the pandemic, I've spent I've, I've gone essentially the past nine months without leaving the state, but I've still explored um, with my girlfriend and I and a few other friends from time to time, just lakes and rivers and coastline, islands, mountains, um, wetlands, just, just explored so much and seen so many beautiful things that, um, yeah. I yeah. love it. That, that's every a, every bit. <laughs> sounds like a good answer. As you were talking, I had I've got my iPhone here and I'm just going opening, like pinching in and looking at the map. And uh, oh yeah, it, what's the um, 
there's a fact, isn't there? There's is there more lakes in Maine than anywhere mm -hmm. other state? Is that right or something? Uh, I don't think so, but no. I, I don't know. I imagine Minnesota must have more, but oh, okay. Maine is definitely uh, pretty high up there, if, yeah. if not. Um, and it's, I know, like, uh, yeah, we have. I'm not. I'm not into fishing. Um, I tried a few times and I'm not very good at it. It is pretty cool, but there's apparently some of the best fly fishing in the country up in our Northern waters. Uh, like some of the, I, I'll probably be wrong about the details of this too, but uh, brook trout, I guess we have some of the like last native, like fully, fully native brook trout in the East coast or something like that. Um, it's just pretty neat. Uh, yeah. And where is it if is it um okay to say where you live in Maine? Uh, I live in Portland, which is the biggest city in the state, which is not saying much because the biggest city is fairly small by any other area's standards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think sixty thousand people last I knew. Okay. Not not too many. Yeah, I, I did um I think I got a chance to go through Portland last year. Um, is that when you when you ended your Appalachian Trail hike? I didn't. I, I, yeah, I didn't do a. <laughs> I, I helped set the FKT with my Belgian friend okay. Carol. Um, I did fifteen days with him, and then last year I had an attempt myself, which ended really early. But I still went on to go and do the um, whites and do that section, and then we mm -hmm. went up to Maine. And I just I, the further north I got, the more beautiful I thought it was, you yeah. know, and. And, and my mom was saying, because she came out, she was like, oh, I like it down south. And I was like, are you kidding me? Look at this place. <laughs> and then we came yeah. back down through Portland, and there's some good coffee shops there, though, so I like yeah, that. Yeah, um, Portland is one of, the, one of these cities that's well-known for really good food, um, which also has been very difficult during the pandemic. There's a lot of, yeah. uh, a lot of people like getting hit pretty hard. Um, I, I tend to cook a lot myself. I really just love cooking but i've actually been eating out more because i realize i'm in a um or eating a getting takeout uh because i realize i'm in kind of a privileged spot where i still have a job um yeah and i like to I, you know i try to give my money to to places that i love um even though i'm a very small i'm like a drop in a bucket but i try to do what i can yeah every, um, every drop counts <laughs> yeah yeah I, I feel this going back to going through New Hampshire and Maine. Uh, I feel the same way, although I know I am very biased uh, about like just loving Vermont, New Hampshire and Maine are my favorite parts of the Appalachian Trail. But um, I also have to say that uh, both Alice and I um, separately did a bunch of or a handful of the longer walks in the UK in like the summers, I think the summer of like 2017, 2018. Cool. Um, you, and I've got to say, like, I am just like totally in love with like that, that kind of long distance walks too. Like it's so different than what we have here. Yeah. Um, but so just lovely and relaxing and wonderful in its own way. Um, so Alice did the Cotswold Way and Hadrian's Wall, and then I did 
um, West Highland Way and the coast to coast. And I actually went back to the Lakes District with my parents a few years later to go on a kind of a shorter long walk with them to introduce them to it. And it's just, I mean, those areas are beautiful, but it's also just the kind of, uh, just yeah, being out there in that kind of environment, it did almost the same thing for me that being out in like in the mountains and wilderness in Maine does for me, which was just like, I just felt like a, it was such a breath of fresh air. And I felt so at peace, like just walking through these areas and learning, you know, exploring places that were new to me, certainly not new to a lot of people, but yeah. Uh, and I would love to see more of the, more of the long walks in the UK. Like when you mentioned the Southwest coast path, I was like, ah, oh, that's one of the places I really want to go. <laughs> it is, it is something. And you're right. Yeah. The Lake district is probably one of the most beautiful, in my opinion, uh, parts of, uh, England. Um, you know, um, I've not explored up, uh, up in Scotland cause I know they've got some, really awesome mountains and lakes and stuff but what i've seen of the england yeah the lake district is pretty special you gotta you gotta visit a shop um called bakewell it's a it's a town called bakewell and they have bakewell pudding. i've been there <laughs> i here's yeah. a funny story when my so my mother her maiden name is bakewell and so about 20 years ago when her parents were still alive um we went, we took a trip with them uh, to London first, but then we took a trip to Bakewell and my, my parents were so excited to like get all these pictures of my grandfather and my grandmother with everything saying Bakewell this and Bakewell that. They were, uh, I don't remember much of that trip, but I do remember uh, just that it was really lovely and I had a lot of Bakewell tarts. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's um, it's the place. It's actually a Bakewell pudding. The oh, uh, pudding. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm not gonna find you on that. <laughs> okay, we'll I'll have to go back and check it out again. Yeah, the, and the Southwest Coast Path, like I said, I was there a few months ago. It's so exposed, as in the Appalachian Trail is known as the Green Tunnel, and the mm -hmm. Southwest Coast Path is just on the coast. So there's no oh, yeah. woods or trees you're going through, and and there's no escaping. Um, I did it and it was quite hot. You know, there's no escaping the sun. So, uh, but it's so open and, and lovely. And yeah, I got to recommend anyone listening to get down to any of the places we've spoken about for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you said, is Bakewell on the Southwest Coast Path? No, no, Bakewell oh, is okay. in a place called the Peak District, uh, which is okay, right, right in the middle of England. Um, and then the Southwest Coast Path is the bottom south, well, Southwest. Right. Yeah, southwest. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. can picture that one. Yeah, it's that yeah. bit that juts out. Um, what does, you know, uh, going back to gut hooks and you saying you still have a job, I still call it gut hooks. Okay, I'm going to call it gut hooks. That's my deep. <laughs> like I said, I'll answer it. I'll answer to whatever. <laughs> All right, man. Um, what does your working day look like? How structured is it? Do you have a set time to work? Uh, do you have a set time to wake up and do you have a routine and talk about that? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, for each one of us here, it's a little different, of course. Um, but for me, 
I'll just say for me specifically, uh, you know, I tend to, <laughs> yeah, with the pandemic, things have been a little different, but in general, I, I've always been, you know, kind of closely tied to my computer. Um, and for the past, you know, however many years I've been, so I've been the iPhone developer. So I do tons of programming for iPhone uh, things. And I've been the only one doing that. And I've been really happy that like in the past couple of months, we've brought on another iPhone developer to, to help out who I will be handing off most of the reins to as we go through the coming year. Um, but yeah, so in, in general, I'll start off the day trying to like focus on like a little, little bit of uh, programming updates, fixing bugs here and there, working on new features, uh, which were, we always have about a, a list of, you know, about 10 years worth of things that we can, that we want to try to add into the app that we just, it keeps getting longer really fast and it doesn't get shorter as, as fast. Anyway, so I try to deal with that first thing in the morning until, uh, and this actually works out really well for me because I'm two hours earlier in time zones than everybody else. So I can work on that fairly quietly. And then we, you know, have an office Slack chat. Um, when, when everybody else starts coming on, we'll start, um, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, customer support emails that have come in since the day before, like anything that I need that needs my input, um, whether it's hunting down bugs in the iPhone app or, uh, whatever that might be. Um, and yeah. And then generally the second half of my day, uh, is kind of a mix of like trying to get a little bit of programming done myself, but then also guiding along, uh, you know, our, our other iPhone developer, like, you know, guiding him along in the projects that I have set up for him um, and coordinating with Alice and the Android developer and uh, our other few employees about plans for projects going forward. Um, we basically say that each of us wears about 10 different hats. And uh, so it's it's hard to say like any day is normal for me, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a lot of a lot of planning and explaining, explaining upcoming ideas and, uh, you know, strategizing about how we're going to do all these things. And my my days have been moving more towards the like, uh, you know, drawing up plans of how we're going to build, you know, new features and how we're going to improve other things and uh, eventually turning those sketched out plans into kind of a workflow for all of us to, to work on as a team. Yeah, like a creative future vision kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Again, something that I have no, like, uh, you know, none of us started out our, this, this whole thing with any formal training in any of these areas. And we're just learning as we go along and 
finding out what works best for us. <laughs> uh, it, it sounds like um, a really varied day, actually. <laughs> do, do you, uh, I heard you in the other podcasts, uh, I think it was Mighty Blue on the yep. trail. And uh, I forget the name of the other one. It, it, it was, uh, I, I forget the name of the ladies. It was last year, I think you did a podcast with her. Um, she's oh, in Los Angeles. She's, uh, yeah. But, but anyway, you were saying yeah. <laughs> about um, uh, your love and, and you've said about your love for Maine here and the trails. There's how, so the, from, from the, for, is it 14 miles of um, Appalachian Trail to Baxter State, the, 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 sorry, the, the Katahdin? And there's how many miles of trail around uh, Baxter State National Park? 200. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, so Baxter Baxter State Park, not National Park. Sorry. Um, yeah. 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 Um, and it's actually, that's a whole story in itself. Uh, Baxter State Park is not technically like other state parks. And anyway, that's a long story. But uh, yeah, like, so in Baxter State Park, there's over 200 miles of hiking trails. Yeah. Um, and the Appalachian Trail makes up, I think, I'll say 14 miles of yeah. that. Um, and yeah, I actually, this is the first year in quite a while that I haven't been into Baxter and that was partially because of the pandemic stuff. Um, uh, planning is difficult uh, and you have to plan ahead to go in there uh, for the kind of trips that I like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's one of the things I love is, is uh, you know, the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, all of these, you know, they're one, they're a line through so many really wonderful areas. And in so many ways, they're just like a taste of the best that, that each area has to offer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can, you can take any long distance trail and it's, it's, a different kind of work to go and explore the individual areas. But I can remember a bunch of places on the Pacific Crest Trail too, that I would love to go back to because you just pass through them for maybe half a day. And you're like, man, those mountains around me are really nice. And I bet there's a lot of good stuff around here to explore, but can't do it right now. <laughs> do you see yourself, um, making uh do you i mean i suppose you have time in your life um that you've created for yourself to still get out there and um you know um immerse yourself maybe not in a four to six month through hike but you know going away and tasting you know having this the trails and and getting out there and exploring these areas you're talking about is that in your future oh yeah and that's that's always been like a very important part of this whole endeavor to me. Um, the, uh, like I was saying, so earlier just now, I was um, mentioning how I've gone and explored places all over Maine this summer, summer, spring, fall. Um, and that's been kind of a wonderful, like silver lining to the, to the year. Um, that I've just been able to, to, so I've taken up sea kayaking also. Um, 
And I'm still a novice at that and a novice at bike packing. But doing those two things has allowed me to go visit places that I had not really thought of visiting before in Maine. Um, but, you know, even in past years, I, I tend to at least do a couple of, you know, like several weekend trips, uh, wherever I can find places to go and try to do like a week long trip somewhere, um, you know, every, every summer, uh, I have a friend that I, another through hiker friend of mine, he and I tend to do like a week long trip every year somewhere in like Colorado or Wyoming, um, doing things that are a little, quite a bit different than, than what we had done in the past on through hiking trails. Um, and yeah, like I said, I, I really am hoping in the future to take some more trips out to the UK, um, and maybe other parts of Europe to really kind of see what, see what I'm missing in the world. There's so much there's, I'm never going to be able to visit all the places that I want to, but you know, I'll hopefully make a pretty big dent in that list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tra travel is a great way to just experience different cultures, foods, weather climates, uh, oh, yeah. and pretty much one of my favorite things. It's kind of a bit upsetting right now that it's uh, not available to, but I guess there's good reason, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. There's in one of the, one of the best things about, uh, traveling through a place by foot or, you know, whatever, doing lots of hiking to do it, you know, as any through hiker will, will be quick to chime in like, Oh, it's great. We get to eat as much as we want. Like there's just no end to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it is a license to eat that. I mean, I do ultra running. Um, so it's, right. I'm not even hiking, but I get to, I mean, I just came <laughs> back from a run. I burn off a thousand calories. So that's it. <laughs> extra thousand calories I can eat today. Um, what, what could somebody um, who's listening to this show, um, who's never through hiked, never um, done anything substantial, you know, um, and, and, and I know that sub just through hiking doesn't mean it's not substantial, but <laughs> you did say about how it changed your life and it was, or it, many things changed your life, but it was one of the things that had such a big impact. It really did um add to your experience of life so it is substantial kind of the longer you put yourself out there for how what kind of changes could somebody expect to experience even though i know it's different so you'd probably have to speak more about yourself so maybe what changes did you notice in yourself after you did these um through hikes the pct the at oh man well yeah you mentioned also like the you know, not everybody has the opportunity to do like a, you know, six month mm. or even three month long hike, but it, it really isn't necessary to have the, you know, the entire thing to have that kind of changing experience. And I, I remember long before my first through hike, my first week long backpacking trip was like totally mind opening. Um, and you know, that also is something that not everybody has uh, the same opportunity to do, but it's a lot less of a barrier to entry than a through hike. And, you know, there's, 
uh, it's a lot of work uh, to, to actually to do that. Yeah. But yeah, I think everybody can, can, if they really want it, they can find that ability. But um, So people can actually, yeah. to open up your mind, you, you know, in that different way, I suppose you don't need to have six months. You could go out on a week. I mean, a week is plenty of time to get out into nature. Yeah. I mean, nowadays... It's, it's a funny thing. It's all about like what your past experience is. But like nowadays when I'm on a backpacking trip where, you know, that's like a week long, I don't do many of them anymore because it is, it still takes a lot of uh, effort to do, but, or say like five days long, full extra long weekend. Mm. Um, nowadays that to me feels like, ah, this is relaxing. This is great. Like this is, this feels like I'm at home. Um, whereas I remember the first time I took a, even a two night backpacking trip and I was like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, and I'm miserable and I hate it. But, you know, after doing that, I, you, I looked back and I was like, well, I did it. Um, and then a couple of years later, my first week long backpacking trip, I was like, I'm miserable and I hate this. And it's the hardest thing I've ever done. And then afterwards, it was like the most amazing thing I've ever done for years. And it's still one of those experiences where I'm like, that was amazing. Um, and I think, you know, going back to sort of maybe start to answer your question, because it's hard to, to do, but it's um, when you have that experience of doing something that's just like so outside of your, outside of the normal uh, for what you've been used to for so much of your life or, or maybe just so outside of the, the norms for, for modern society, uh, to disconnect from the world. Um, I actually am a big proponent of if, if nothing else, then at least turning your phone into airplane mode and not trying to connect with the outside world. It's kind of hard to tell people to not take their phones anymore. Um, but to, to avoid contact with the outside world and like really have that, that time to be like present with, with where you are and the people you're with, mm. uh, it, it really like burrows into your mind and becomes like a really powerful experience that you can always look back at and be like, I did this really difficult thing. Like, I think it's genuinely difficult for anyone to, to like, spend several nights out in the woods or whatever, uh, whatever wilderness we want to talk about, mm. um, to do that and get through it. And even if like in my first few backpacking trips, they're miserable and you hate it. It's, it's pretty common for people to look back at that and say like, that was amazing. And I did this thing. And I like, I feel so much, stronger and like self-confident i don't know it's, there's a lot that yeah. a lot that you can learn about yourself and a lot of places where you can go from there yeah it definitely <laughs> sounds like being present is a big part of that you know being under not distracted from i don't know looking on amazon or <laughs> checking whatsapp or just yeah kind of being, just making that sandwich in the kitchen and not being distracted or I don't know, just being, being present. Yeah. That, I know what you're saying. 
Yeah. You, um, yeah, I really appreciate, you know, you coming on the show and, uh, it was a bit of a random conversation and it was just, <laughs> that's the best kind. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed that. I didn't want to go any, I try not to go any direction with people who come on It's And then you can just find out what you want to talk about there and then, um, yeah. Well, thanks so much for getting in touch. I mean, I've, I've had a very good time with like, like we said, a very random discussion and yeah, no, thanks. Best kind. <laughs> I, I'll be um, coming back to the States if I, if I can, you know, and going to go for another attempt on the Appalachian trail. And uh, yeah, um, I first heard about gut hook service, I suppose a little story from me. I was on um, the AT and I was doing some recceing and this guy, I, I forget his name, but he said, have you seen the gut hooks app? And I'm just calling it gut hooks again, but <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, hey, what is that? So I just wrote down gut hook and then checked it out afterwards. And it's so clean and user-friendly and I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass or anything, but <laughs> I'm just being honest. And I thought after that, I thought, how could you not hike the trail and use that because i mean even a simple thing like knowing when the next water source is and if there's water in it i mean that yeah is pretty useful you know um so yeah um, drought droughts are a real thing on a lot of these trails now but yeah. no i yeah no uh no worries about the the trying to blow smoke smoke up our asses or anything but i <laughs> i i understand like i i'm really like i'm got to be always a astonished and like really thankful that that people have found this thing that we started off as like a little side hobby thing uh, to be so helpful um yeah. and and i think in many cases we are our own harshest critics so we're always trying really hard to make it just easier to use and better for what people want it to be yeah yeah so stay tuned yeah <laughs> uh, yeah we I'm, i will and i'm sure people out there who haven't heard of gut hooks go and check it out and i think the thing is is ah oh, do, do we do you cover a trail in my country in my area so people can go and have a look i'll share some notes with that afterwards yeah right. um, um yeah we, we do have guides in the uk for those trails that we went out and did plus a few others and that's sometimes our excuse to go and travel is like, Oh, you know, it would be really nice to have a guide to this trail out there. Um, <laughs> but, I, I was, I was hoping you guys would have one for the Southwest coast path, but um, yeah, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Maybe someday. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So uh, I'll just, um, I'll just say thanks for coming on the show and um, I'm sure I'll catch up with you again in the future, even if it's just a email. Yeah, that would be fantastic. <laughs> there you go, guys. My conversation with Ryan Lynn, AKA Gut Hook. So if you like this, if you like the show, please do share it, um, subscribe, all that good stuff. And in the meantime, get outside, you know, get into the whatever weather it is, wherever you are and get moving in the mountains on the trail do some road running do whatever makes you feel good until the next time